Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, come on. Just one time. We want to start the show and have good hockey to talk about. But no. We, we can't have nice things. We, I don't even... Listen, welcome to Snow Goal, the only Flyers podcast. You get it. Uh, Bundy's here. Ant's here. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> the Flyers, once again, make headlines, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, guys, we, we have to get into it. Uh, you know, great Morgan Frost goal last night. Uh, you know, Flyers won against the Ducks, who were horrific. And yet, that is not the story of the, the day. Um in fact, some of the initiatives that were worked on at last night's game, uh, pre-game and post-game, have also been lost because uh, the Flyers somehow ended up in a situation where one of their players made a decision. The, uh, the team clearly did not agree with it. And now uh, the Flyers are, I don't know, front page international news, Fox News and CNN, and we saw it up at TSN, and it's everywhere now. We're going to get into all of it today. Ivan Provorov, the Pride Night thing. Uh, we will get into some hockey stuff a little bit later. So if you're listening for, for our insight on how the Flyers are doing, like we'll get there. We have to lead with this. So uh, let me throw it first to uh, a guy who was down there covering the game last night, who was in the locker room and who actually got some, some video that we're going to go to here in a, in a minute or so. And that's Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter, at Philly. Hey, boys. Yeah, I was not uh, – I, I knew my night was going to be long. When I got a text <clears throat> right before, I don't know, it was about a half half hour before the game, 40 minutes before the game, that Provorov was a, was uh, not in going to be participating in warm-ups. I was not told initially why, but I was so my thought I was still in the I was still in the car. I was late getting down there last night. I was still in the car. Um, and my thought was, oh, did he get hurt? I mean, this guy's never hurt, right? I'm like, oh, I got to go figure out what the hell happened. And then all of a sudden, I get a text from Bundy, who's suggesting, guessing as to the reason why that he's not going to be there. And it turned out that Bundy was spot on correct. And the reason that Bundy's spot on correct is not because he's a he's brilliant, right? <laughs> Not because he's. It's not because he's a real bright what? guy. No, Jesus! No, hold, I thought no. I was. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you why. 
the reason is is because the issue that came up last night with Ivan Provorov not wanting to participate in pregame warmups because he did not want to wear uh, the Flyers pride jersey is something that we knew about him for a long time. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that just came up last night. So it was, I guess it was what you would call it an informed opinion or an educate, educated guy. I know I just said you're not a smart guy, but it's an educated guess by Bundy, and it was spot on. And I was I, I couldn't believe it when I was told that that's that was the reason I was like, I cannot believe that this guy is going to drop a frigging hand grenade into the middle of this night for this organization. And he went ahead and he did it. And it turned into a night where that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter to Flyers one five to two. They played a really good game. I mean, this doesn't matter that the Ducks are the worst team I've seen on the ice in 30 years. Yeah. It doesn't matter that Morgan Frost scored that crazy pretty goal. It doesn't matter Kevin Hayes had a hat trick. It doesn't even it, – it, and sadly, sadly, it doesn't matter that the Flyers had a really cool night for um, uh, for you know Pride Night at, at the game that involves Scott Lawton and JVR and a lot of members of the LGBTQ plus community. It, that, that stuff like it was on the back burner because all that mattered was Ivan Provorov making a religious stance, which he has the right to do, but really selfishly did it yeah. because he screwed over – well, he screwed over himself, obviously, in the sense that he's going to get a lot of negative feedback for a long, long time, but screws over his teammates, his coaches – and his entire organization. And in and, and some ways, I feel like, you know, and I don't want to insert us into the story because we're not part of the story, but like, fuck, man, now we got to go and work and write about this and, and do stories about this. When this shouldn't be something we're writing about. We're sports writers. We're writing about sports. We're writing about fun, fun entertainment. Like, who, wanna, who the hell wants to d- dive into issues? We watch sports and go do sports because we want to get away from that bullshit, right? Who wants to be involved with that? And now I got to do that too. So yeah, that so I was pissed, you know, on a selfish level, I was pissed. So yeah, yeah, last night sucked, Russ. Top to bottom, from the from pulling into the parking lot to the ride home, and into this morning because we're going to talk about something else. Where I got into it with another writer on on Twitter this morning, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's just yeah, look bullshit. Who, look who caused look who caused problems on social media. If we had a uh, if we had betting odds on that going into uh, into today, I don't think you would have been the uh, the most likely. Bundy. Um, so Ant had a shitty night. I had a nice night. I, I'll, I'll say it on, on my end. Nice night. Baby slept pretty well. Um, but, buddy, how was your, how was your night? And, and, and how do you feel uh, 12 hours or so removed from the shit hitting the proverbial fan? You know, it's really funny, you know, in terms of what wisdom brings to you in life and stuff. You know, I work in an industry now. I, I was, you know, probably at one time that prototypical guy from Canada, uh, you know, uh, went to college, went and played in the NHL, and that's all I focused on was my sport. Um, you know what? I'm in a I'm in a, an industry now outside what I'm doing with the addiction industry, where there are tons of of, of people in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, they've just become, you know, to me, they're just normal. It's just normal people, right? Trying to get sober like anyone else. That's the way I see it. Here's my issue with what happened last night and and, and what went down. And it was, you know, people were guess, guessing at the beginning and asking, you know, well, why did he do it? And I, I've been, you don't forget, I traveled with the team, right, for a lot of years. And I'd heard rumblings. Anytime you're a broadcaster, 
you know what's going on. Like you hear everything that goes on in the room, whether they want you to believe it or not, which probably acts, actually is why Lou Lamorello didn't want report, his own media traveling with him because there's leaks that come out all the time. But these are stories that you've heard. You don't really know if you believe them or not, but certainly was validated last night in world. Here's my issue with it. You have a right to believe anything you want to believe uh, on, under the, the legalities of, of, of the country that you live in here in the United States. Uh, you can do that. You can protest however you want to do it. Uh, we've seen plenty of it the last three years in, in multi-different right, left, center, whatever it is on a political scale. It's also crept into sports. Um, it, make no mistake about it. I mean, it's crept into sports in a lot of ways. My issue with Provorov with what happened last night is it's just bigger than you. It doesn't. It, and, and, and so I'm putting myself in that spot and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? There are other guys that made an effort to make this a good night. Um, there is a, a community out there uh, that is diverse. It's different than maybe things that you're used to seeing, but it is there and there's human beings involved. Just for 15 minutes, just swallow your own pride, put on the jersey, go out, out there, get yourself ready and prep for warm up and support the other people that maybe aren't yourself or people like you. Just think outside the box for a little bit. And that's what I'm saying. You can believe whatever you want. You can be hard right, middle right, hard left, whatever it is. But for something like that last night, it becomes too polarizing and it's unnecessary. It's an unforced error that just doesn't need, like you can say, oh, he can come out today and I'm sure there'll be whatever percent of people saying good for Ivan and other people saying, man, what a what an awful guy to do that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what their opinions are of him because he clearly doesn't care, obviously, what they're thinking because he did what he did. But what it does do is what you said originally, Anthony. Now you have the coach have an answer for it. You got the organization telling him, go down, you need to speak to the media. You have the players having to answer for it. You have guys like us having to do a podcast. I don't want to talk about this shit right now. I got enough fucking things going on. I don't need to come on and talk about some, some bullshit like this. And now you got all these other woke reporters that are jumping all over it on one side or the other and climbing on, on, on a panel to say it. Guys, the guy does have a right to do what he wants to do. In the protest, this is corporate America. People have done it for their corporate America uh, uh, jobs in the past. The other thing is, too, the other side of it, too, is, is, is you'll have people asking, well, why didn't the flyers sit him out? If somebody protests on another side of it, right, and there's there people saying, well, I can't believe John Tor Tortorella let him play. Well, it's a slippery slope you go down if you start doing that in corporate America. Really slippery slope. You start, you know, actually, you know, um, um, putting people on notice in their jobs for what they believe in. It's not for me. I would have put the jersey on. I would have put the tape on. I would have went out there and warmed up for 15 minutes, and I would have gotten myself ready to play. Sometimes things are just bigger than you are, and you have to sense that moment. And I'm going to tell you right now, he didn't sense it last night at all. He did not consider anybody but himself for that. And I'm, and I'm telling you right now, I support whatever he wants to believe. That's his right, not my business. He, but he made it everybody's business last night, and it was a it was a really really poor decision to make, uh, and one that I, I think is going to be frowned upon uh, longer than the the negativity is going to is going to go longer than the people that that are in support of of that move last night. Whatever you believe, however you believe, and if you go on Twitter and read it, there's a lot of support for it as well. You know, there's a lot of connotations for the other side. For me, that's just one of those moments where you just just put the thing on, and and me now having and, it, 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 I work now, I I support that. Like I see, there's there's 
there's people, they're great people. There's, they're out there. They're human beings. Just consider it for a moment. And that's where I stand on that today, guys. I hate polarizing moments like this. I hate it, especially in sports. I hate woke-ass reporters that always, they, have, they set the agenda for themselves by the way they want to do their business after an episode like this happens. And other people that I think are rational, I consider us rational people with integrity and a good values, good moral values. I do believe that. But you know what? This is one of these cases where it just didn't need to happen. And it's a pain in the ass. It really is. There, there's one problem that I have with it. And, and it's very simple. I think that what should have happened is he should have been granted the opportunity to take the ice in his regular warm-up. Oh. And, and it doesn't sound like he was allowed that. I'm going to tell you why, though. Because there, there are two things at play here. If he doesn't support the, the idea, the cause, say that he didn't want to do it because he didn't want the money to go to an LGBTQ plus charity, which I believe is where that money was going to go for the jersey and for the stick. Let's say that, like, big picture, that was the problem. He didn't want the money to go there or that, it, or that was part of it. Well, then he should have been able to take the ice in his regular warm-up, and then he should have been able and, and made available with the knowledge that you're going to have to answer questions about this after the game. But I think that by them... This is where the organization bungled it. I'm not going to say it was all the organization's fault, but there are multiple things at play here. One, we knew that he had uh, this this leaning. Let's not let's not like you know keep the curtain totally closed here. There there have been issues in the past. There were murmurings last year that there was at least one player, hint hint, who had an issue with putting the uh, the the tape on the stick last year. They didn't wear jerseys or warmups last year, uh, maybe due in part to the fact that they didn't have everybody on board. So that, that was one piece of this. The organization was very well aware of where, where he stood on this. And um, I would assume, and duh, there are players like Scott Lawton and JBR who have kind of taken the lead on this, on this initiative who are very keenly aware of where Ivan Provorov has, has stood on this. So as an, as an organization, whether it's the locker room, you want to say it's the coaching staff, you want to say it was the front office, there were different ways you could have handled this. But the, the idea, the notion that going into last night's game, this team knew that they were going to do this in pregame warmups and they did not have a contingency plan in place is an issue because what it looks like is, oh my God, everybody was so blindsided. Look, when you go back and you look at the initial tweets of Ivan Provorov is not here at warmups, two things were at play. One was people saying, oh, maybe he's scratched because there's a trade on the way, something we talked about on last week's episode. And then the other thing was hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe it's because he doesn't support pride night. And that became the overarching, you know, uh, the, the, the lead uh, reasoning for why he didn't take the ice for warmups. But what it looked like is, is if he had blindsided the team, they had no idea that he wasn't going to take the ice in, in the pride jersey. And it's bullshit because everybody knew if you, you've known, you've known for multiple years now where he stands is if you're part of this organization. All you had to do, you could have gone one of a few ways. You either uh, make it up say that he got hurt in practice, his lower body injury, nobody's going to question anything. No story. I'm not saying that's the right way to go. That's covering up a whole thing. You don't have to do that. But it is, it is possible. These things happen. Um, you could have, like I kind of suggested, let him take the ice in the regular warm-up. Let him deal with the ramifications after the game. They didn't do that. I don't know if it's because he thought or they thought that him not being on the ice would just kind of go unnoticed, that nobody was going to run with this notion, that word wasn't going to get out about his, his, his leanings or his tendencies or whatever. But, like, this could have been mitigated. I will applaud the organization on one thing. They didn't let him go out with a bullshit excuse like, I had to take a dump before the game. 
my skate was messed up and I had an equipment issue. So kudos to the Flyers organization for at least saying, you know, what, we're getting out in front of this. They had the statement that they, they put out in support of the community and they, they very clearly made him available. The organization has the right to withhold a player, to not make them available. If there's a polarizing thing that happens, they don't have to make a specific player available, even if the media requests them. They did. This all becomes a bigger cluster because he is a, a player that other teams have wanted to pursue. Well, you can take that off the board right now, at least for the next few weeks, because the optics of any team going after Ivan Provorov in a trade right now after this, that ain't happened, Holmes. And it, I saw the, the narrative going around, well, maybe Ivan Provorov did this to sabotage the Flyers to make them trade him faster. Well, that's bullshit, because if that's true, either he's an idiot, which, listen, <laughs> it's entirely on the table. But either he was stupid enough to think that this would expedite his uh, exit from this team, or, 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 and he just didn't give a shit. I, I think the whole thing was bungled. From start to finish, there were a bunch of people who could have intervened. There were a whole bunch of different ways to go about this. It all just created, it's, it's almost as if they thought that the, uh, the sin of omission was going to uh, somehow like be overlooked rather than the sin of commission. They thought that by him just not being out there for warmups, they were going to be able to kind of cover it up. They were going to be able to like, you know, paper it over with, again, whether it was him or the organization, and it was just going to go away. That ain't how it works. And let, let's just also say this clearly. This isn't the only team or the only locker room, word gets around how players feel about certain things. I'm sure that there were like people from uh, around the league who were aware of how Ivan Provorov kind of felt about this thing. So it's just a mess. It's a total mess. It shouldn't have happened. And, you know, to the point that you guys made earlier, you had Scott Lawton and JVR. They're out there like trying to work with the community. They were meeting with, what was it, 50, 50 kids, 50 members of the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ plus community after the game. Like the works and all of that, whether you agree with it or not, by the way, all of that is good work that they believe in. And it's all just kind of wasted away. I mean, not for those 50 people, maybe not for the people who are filling the arena, but it's all an afterthought. It's all a footnote. I didn't even know Hayes had a hat trick. I had no idea <laughs> Hayes had a hat trick. I swear to God. He said it today. I'm like, oh, wow, he finished it off. But I only saw it at 4 2. I didn't see the fifth goal because I was like, whatever. But good for him. Got lost in the yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but you know, you know, and Russ, I know this is. We're going to try and transition this to the video. Like, I, like I feel bad for Lawton because of how much time and effort he puts in. And we had Cindy Stutman on this show about a month ago, right? Uh, when she when she came on, and um, she talked about you know all of the all the Flyers charities and initiatives. And we asked, um, we asked her. He said, you know. You know, we know they all the players have their own little initiative that they're taking part in, but who's the one guy or couple guys who really stand out? Um, you know, who who do a lot for the community? And she said, hands down, it's Scott Lawton. He will do anything that we're asked that we ask of him. Um, and we know that we know that Pride Night has always been something that he said many times it has been something that's near and dear to his heart for you know reasons that he's mostly kept personal. Um, but anyway, it, it's been a a thing for him for several years. I mean, he's kind of been like the Flyers representative for this for the last few years, public facing. But I think, you know, even behind the scenes, he's deeply involved in this. And, and you know, after the game, you know, the media requested him. 
and it's like you know he he doesn't want to come out and talk about this he doesn't want to come out and, and deal with this because he had such a great night and i'm glad that he addressed that in the yeah. in the and you're gonna see the video it's it's like three minutes or something like three and a half minutes um i'm glad he addressed that because he really made an effort to let people know that this thing that happened by his teammate did not deter the good night that he had. And and I thought that it was the best way for Scott Lawton to answer it. He could have come out and he could have ripped his teammate and that would have been divisive. He, he could have come out and just gave us a bunch of no comment answers and that would have sucked too. Mm-hmm. But, and this is the reason he's the one guy who wears a letter on this team and is probably going to be the captain next year. And it's because he knew the best way to handle this. He knew to try and highlight the positive, stay away from the negative, and and but yet at the same time, let everyone know that there are conversations that are happening in the locker room about this. So Russ, if you want to play that video, I think it I think it's a really, really telling video. And and watch, just watch his body language. Listen to listen to him breathing before he answers. You can tell that there's a lot of frustration there. And yet he handles himself about as well as he possibly could. All right, here we go. Let's let's throw it to uh, this video from Anthony Sanfilippo in the Flyers locker room uh, after the game. Tough situation. You guys, you and JVR kind of hit this whole thing up, and then Ivan Perbrow doesn't participate. Do you have any comment on, on why and how you feel about that? Well, you know what? I know Proby spoke. I know Torch did. Um, me and JVR just got back from uh, a room with about 50 people from the community. It was a great night, um, amazing initiative and something that's been close to me for a long time. I know Reamer too, so I'm going to leave it at that, to be honest. I think uh, it's a great, great night uh, that brings a lot of awareness and everything like that. So um, I know they spoke on it, and uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I guess this is this obviously is an initiative, as you said, that means a lot to you. You know, and you've, you've talked about how conversations are necessary in locker rooms about these sorts of things and awareness and advocacy. Is it tough to have those conversations when you have someone who is willing to do what he did to them? Um, I think we've had those conversations and I think they're ongoing and um, you know what? I think it's come a long way um, throughout the years since I've been here, since they started, you can play um, everything like that. And uh, it's been great. So, um we had a great night tonight it was it was awesome seeing all those people um having uh everything out there and seeing the signs and warm up you know it uh it uh it's cool to see these kids uh i think the article came out uh today that adam wrote but about trend she uh started uh skating uh going on the ice and looking forward to going on the ice so i think uh that's what uh you, you touch on and, and uh, see, see uh, how many people you can affect uh, through this. So it's awesome. Is it, is it disappointing that kind of we're talking about this rather than the, the night as a whole? Honestly, I, I had an awesome night. Uh, we had a big win. It, uh, it was a great time, and um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it, it was a really, really awesome night, and it uh, brought a ton of awareness uh, to pride and, and uh, to let people know that they're welcome in this game because uh, they are. Besides both the leader of Boston and the ambassador, how do you personally win? Do you 
aren't able to make a unified front this time together, you have one person who isn't welcoming them this week? Uh, yeah, like it's tough because that's he's already touched on on why he uh, why he chose uh, that and um, you know what I'm sure conversations will happen down the road and um, that's it I, I don't hold anything against anyone I mean it's it's uh, it's nothing like that uh, I'll touch on it again it's it was a it was an awesome night and I'm I'm very happy we got a win on uh, on a night like this where. Uh, a lot of people uh, can put a lot of people's uh, smiles on their face. Scott, you've done a lot of work to make the sport more inclusive. Your organization has done a lot of work to make the sport more inclusive. How concerning is it that there's someone on the roster who says that his beliefs uh, don't align with that? Yeah, I don't think it's concerning. I think it's uh, those conversations will still happen and, and everything along with that. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. So that's that sounds like a very exhausted player yeah. who's not just physically exhausted from a game, but is mentally and emotionally exhausted. Um, and and one and one who clearly sounds like there's uh, disappointment and there's also probably some inherent frustration that that the work again was overshadowed, and this is what comes out of the night. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the story. I'm gonna throw something else in here now. Okay, and I, I, at this point, it's like, you know, I don't give a shit, right? At this point, so and then I'm, and, but then I want Bundy to kind of talk about because I'm sure Bundy's, you know, in his career had experienced similar, you know, uh, locker room situations. So, it, 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 one of the things that's kind of been, you know, we've been hearing that, you know, Torch said it a few times. They got to fix the locker room, right? We remember that he said that when he first got here, and he, you know, there are things that are going on in the locker room. Look, Provorov is not really aligned with his teammates on a lot of things. Um, he's kind of a guy that is a, a little bit of a lone wolf. Um, doesn't really, you know, he's not one of the guys, not one of the boys um, so much. Um, he's a very regimented, machine-like player. Um, and, and, and process, and his whole process is all like that. And he's... He dedicates himself to his sport, but he really is not the social guy, right? He's not, you know, that guy in the locker room. And, you know, last week there was, uh, again, I mentioned when we had Cindy on, they had the event um, at the casino, uh, casino night, which included all the players, uh, coaches, uh, management, uh, and fans who were willing to pay a significant sum of money, I mean, to donate to be able to sit there and play games of chance with the flyers, with their, with their players and multiple reports have come to, to me. And I think bunny, you may have heard the same thing, but have come to me that everybody from that team, they were all there. Pro Rob was there too, but everybody was mingling with the fans. Everybody was having a good time, interacting with each other, really a fun night. And Provrov was on the other side of the room with his girlfriend the entire night, not mixing around with, not mixing in with anyone. And it's just that he's kind of made himself 
He's put a box around himself. And this is why these stories come out. And Elliot Friedman talks about Provorov being frustrated and maybe he needs to get out of Philadelphia. And, you know, the agent's kind of like probably leaking that to, to Elliot, right? And we're hearing the same thing that, you know, Provorov doesn't want to be here anymore. It, you know, and it's maybe time to move on. When you have a player like that, and I'm sure, Bundy, you've had I mean, you don't have to say who they were unless, of course, if you want to. But, I mean, you don't have to say that. But, you know, how do you handle issues like that in a locker room when you have a guy, talented or not, who just is not part of the group, who just doesn't want to be part of the group, and, and then you have to and you have to figure out a way to still manage what you guys are doing and pull on that same rope even without everybody being on board? I had a very dry sense of humor as a player in the locker room, and uh, I would have buried him myself. Like I would have, I would have for this incident last night. I would have publicly destroyed him in front of the whole locker room. That's me, right? I don't. I mean, everybody now, like, oh, you guys, you can't do that. You know, it's not nice to treat a guy like that. But this is an unforced error of epic proportions, and it tells doesn't tells you too much about how bright somebody is when you're not able to calculate the other side of this a decision like this you clearly don't give two shits about anybody else other than right. you and your own agenda. And that's the problem I would have. Not the fact that he did it. The fact that he fucked over his teammates in the organization. And he did. I don't want anyone. I don't want to hear anyone at later saying that, Oh, he didn't do that. He did. And if you tell me that he didn't, you're fucking lying to me because I know that I know, I know what goes on in a locker room. I know what the coaches think. And I know what the assistants are thinking. And I know what every player in there is thinking except for one or two. He fucked the locker room by making a stupid-ass decision. That being said, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. He has every right to do it. Legally, right. he has every single right he wants. I, I mean, it, it's it's like – I'm trying to think of a, another way of looking at it. Like It's like if, you, if somebody had a charity function, but you hated the company or you hated the people that work for the company, but you decided, well, the charity is better than they're trying to do the right thing. Like if NBC Sports Philadelphia had a charity walk and they invited me to go because it would help people. I know how many dummies work there and how many people over there do things unjustly and unfairly and the way they treat people is garbage, but I would still go to the charity walk because it would ultimately be helping somebody else. And if it worked out time-wise, that's all right. I'm saying. You have to think sometimes more about being a teammate is more about the other people more so than it is about you. Yeah. Well, there's, there's another issue here and, and I'd, I'd like to move to something here that, uh, that happened uh, a little bit ago, but <clears throat> There, there's this like, um, I don't know, the safety net, the umbrella that you get to say it was a religious reason is why you held out. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, and it's not my business, but I, I certainly assume that this then means that Ivan Provorov uh, is practicing celibacy, which is also uh, in the Bible. I, I'm just, just saying he's not married, not a married guy. The, the cherry picking of, of what you're willing to use your religion as a as a blanket for is is something so we'll see we'll see where this goes i think the more interesting thing now is when we look forward to what happens next there have been mm, i don't know a, a fair share of stories there has been a fair share of murmurings the past year or so that there were some character issues with Ivan Provorov that might have been part of why the organization wanted to move on from him even a year ago. It's part of why the Patrick Laine deal that was proposed is one that the team at least considered. Um, I think that the off-ice fit 
has been worse than the on-ice fit for this guy. Now the question remains, do we see a team weeks down the line or at the deadline make a move for him? Did they wait until the offseason? I mean, if you believed in Ivan Provorov, the player, before this, it stands to reason that you would still believe in Ivan Provorov, the player, after this. The issue that you're going to have to battle is the optics. And if you're a team that's going to acquire this player, well, what's the first thing that any fan base is going to immediately demand? Contrition. They're going to demand that this player is going to rectify, remedy the situation, that this player is going to show that they have grown from this, that they have learned from this. Let's be honest, guys. Do you see Ivan Provorov working with the LGBTQ plus community in Colorado after this? Do you see him getting dealt to another state uh, and, and working with a, a youth charity for the uh, LGBTQ plus community? I certainly don't. So if that's the case, if you're a team that's looking to acquire him and you say, listen, all you have to do, come in here. We're going to put you in a pride shirt. We're going to say that you're working with a charity. Have, have at it, fella. I don't see it. I really don't. And by the way, if that ends up happening, if, if after all this, that's what happens. Holy shit, did he just make a bigger mess of this than he ever had to. In exchange for 10 minutes last night on the ice during warmups, he's now going to have to potentially go out and do all this stuff that he doesn't want to do or that he says, you know, his, based on his religion, he doesn't support. Now he's going to have to go do all this just to remain in this league. So that's something. That's something. The whole night was something, Russ. I, it just, yeah, it's, it's a just bit of a, it's a bit of a mess, man. It is. It's, 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 it's a shame. Too, um, I mean, really, I, I, you know, I, I try and think about what the what the the premise of the night is, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the premise of the night is not asking players to support gay marriage. It's not asking the players to support political issues that are tied currently to the LGBTQ community. That's not what it's about. What it's about is saying the sport of hockey is available to anyone and everyone who wants to play the sport, that you should feel comfortable coming and playing this sport no matter uh, what, your, uh, what your culture is, no matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what your physical limitations might be. Everyone can come play the sport. And, and, and that is the message and that's why Bundy's right where you say suck it up and wear it for 10 minutes because that's all the message is. It's not anything going against religions. It's not anything going against politics. It's not anything going against anything other than saying humans should have the right to all participate in this sport. And probably because for the longest time, not just hockey, but all of sports was very closed minded mm -hmm. to this. And, exactly. and, the, and and that's – we're now saying, hey, look, we realize that for all this time we were closed-minded. We're going to say now. Let, let Everybody should be able to participate. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. And, and nothing – there's nothing beyond that. That's really the message that gets lost, and it's, a, and, it's a, and it's a real shame that that's the message that gets lost. And I want to say one final thing about it, and, and this is directly to Ivan Provorov, who probably will never listen to this podcast. But if he were, if somebody were to, maybe his agent will hear it and, and say, did you hear this, Ivan? I want to say this to him. I guarantee that at some point in his career, whether it's happened already, it probably has. 
But if even if it hasn't, it will happen at some point. Ivan Provorov has played hockey either against or with someone who is in the LGBT plus community, but maybe hasn't publicly stated that they are. I can almost guarantee it. And he needs to understand that. I mean, really? Seriously? Yeah. No. We hear no. about it all the time after careers are over. Guys will come out yeah. and say, you know, you know, hey, oh, yes, I'm I'm gay. I feel that I, I could say it now. I couldn't say it then. I guarantee you that there are players like that in the sport and in who, all sports. I mean, who cares? Who's the guy that came out two years ago, the NFL player, like, hey, everybody, I just want to let everyone know I'm gay. And then he went well, and played look, the NFL. Uh, yeah, local guy. Um, he played at Penn State. Na- he- Nassib. Nassib, yeah. defensive lineman. Like, yeah, I, love, I love that. Like, it's yes. like, you know what? So what's the big deal? And I, you know what's funny? Because he puts you on the, on the hot seat. And you're thinking to yourself, you'll find out who you are when you hear that. Because I looked, I'm like, good for you, dude. Go get him. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Nobody yeah, cares. Exactly. You know, think of how far we've come from Michael Sam. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. There's a yeah. gay athlete. Holy yeah. shit. He got drafted. Yeah. Give me a yeah. fucking break. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been it, – you're right, Anthony. It's been a, probably closeted for so long in society. Um, imagine how closeted it was in, in, in sports at any yeah. level, right, after the age of 18. So, to me, it's like we've come such a long way from the Michael Sam days, like which wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but I believe years, right? now yeah. where most of us are like, hey, whatever works for you. Uh, you know, like if, if that's what makes you happy. So I tell people, I'm, my name's Chris Terrian, but I may be a libertarian at the end of the day because it's like whatever whatever makes you happy, like and if that's what it is. But I don't think we should be on the hot seat, you know, or anybody should be judging um, and, and making assumptions of, of a certain group, whatever it is. He had, Again, I, I won't go back to the rights of what he did. I just think when you, it's involving a team, and other people, I think that that's where you had to consider it. And I think that's where he didn't he didn't consider uh, the, and the people involved with the evening, the people that went into having making that a great a great night for a lot of people. And here's the interesting thing. So here's the juxtaposition. Last night, the Flyers are asked about this during the game or it came out just after they released this statement. The Philadelphia Flyers organization is committed to inclusivity and is proud to support the LGBTQ plus community. Many of our players are active in their support of local LGBTQ plus organizations, and we were proud to host our annual Pride Night again this year. The Flyers will continue to be strong advocates for inclusivity and the LGBTQ plus community. That's a whole bunch of nothing. Like that, that just at the, the, the question and what had been asked is for the, the organization's stance on Ivan Provorov choosing not to participate in warmups. That's just a whole bunch of words that mean little to nothing. Like it's great, cool. It's well, like no, a little no, mission. But, it's, but Russ, it's, it's, it's a it's a little. It's missing, a little what? No, but what you miss there, what you miss there is two things. One, they can't really make a statement about him because, like Bundy said, he has a right to do this. So they can't make an, a statement supporting him because that's bad. That's bad, and they can't make a statement um, going against him because. That's bad too. I mean, yeah. they really, they're, they're in a which, which I would otherwise, which I would otherwise agree with, were it not for the the statement released by the NHL this morning, which also and said the same thing. Same thing. Hold on. Hockey is for everyone is the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity and, uh, that exists in their respective markets 
and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with the league, council, and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we will continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. That is not the same. I will stand very, uh, we can play the semantics battle, but that to me is we neither approve nor disapprove of what Ivan Provorov did, but we stand behind the rights of our players. What the Flyers organization statement is more of a mission statement for where the Flyers stand. I think it would have behooved them to say, we still, you know, for whatever, re you know, you can, you can add that same line in that the NHL had at the end. We encourage our players to, you know, exercise their, their rights and their beliefs, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. This to me, it, it's not like it's incendiary. I'm not saying that the Flyers, you know, totally screwed the pooch with their statement. I'm just saying it, it doesn't really answer the question. It, it just says where they're at. It doesn't say but, anything but the, else. They don't but need to publicly bash him. But what, I'm, but what I'm saying is what they did, and we you you and uh, mentioned it, I mean, earlier, kind of, I, well, not directly, but you said it in, in your initial um, you know, little rant that you had. Um, they basically told Provorov, we're going to say what our stance is on this and you're going in front of the media and you're going to explain yourself. They told him that. So that was their their approach. The NHL saying what they have to what they said is how they have to say it because they have a, a partnership with an NHL players association, right? And so therefore they have to with for the for the so that the players association doesn't throw it a fit, they have to say players can make their own choice. So I think that's why the league says that. But the team, I felt the team was a little bit more stern in the sense that they basically told him, you are going to explain to the public why you weren't out there. We're not going to explain it. Now, that being said, I don't think Torts should have said anything. Yes. I think Torts should have Torts should have said, you need to talk to Ivan about that. He, maybe Torts could confirm, yes, yes, he stayed off the ice, but as to why, you need to talk to Ivan. He shouldn't have kind of thrown out the reasoning up front and, and uh, you know, kind of get, it kind of gives uh, Provrov a little bit of, a little bit of an out. I also didn't like the question that Sam asked the way he asked the question. I thought it was too specific. I think that the question should have been direct. Ivan, why did you not come out for warmups? Let him say why he didn't. But Sam said, you, you know, we Tort said it was because of your religious beliefs. Is that true? And he said, yes. And then he says that then he gave his answer, which was, you know, whatever it was. But I felt there were a couple of things that could have been done differently. Nobody's at fault for that. But yes, but they could have been done differently. But there's a reason that the team did it the way that they did it, in all honesty. In was Torts just trying to deflect some of the heat? Like, is that what that was? Is that still, even if he doesn't agree with the guy? No, he's kind I think of trying to take some of the heat by by putting the the verbiage out there first. Nah. Or do you think he just couldn't help himself? Yeah, I think I think it's more the latter. I think more Torts is more that kind of guy. He he's willing to be combative to the media a little bit, and he's willing to be the guy who is not afraid to say anything. And in this instance, it probably would have been better if less 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 would have been more from the coach in this case. Um, let it all fall at the feet of the player. Um, so yes, I mean, if you so if you want to look for small missteps, I think those were the small missteps um, along the way. But not, I, 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 I thought the team did what they could do. 
in considering when it happened an hour 45 minutes before the game you know and 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 trying to piece together something to say and forcing him to come speak for himself i think that's the best that they could have done in the moment right i mean um you know i i have a hard time criticizing the flyers for this i really do i mean just because it's the the player screwed them so it's hard to it's hard to criticize the team now you mentioned missteps so I want to I want to go to I want to go something that is happened it, on Twitter that involves you. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> when we talk about missteps, we talk about you know the the idea and, and and listen, there there is that narrative that the media creates the narrative, the media tries to become part of the story, yada yada yada. Okay. So Greg Wyszynski from ESPN tweets last night. Of course, Ivan Provorov is more than happy to play pregame dress up when it does align with his belief system. Now, for those of you who aren't watching on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel who are listening in the podcast feed, there's a screenshot of an Ivan Provorov game war, or a, um, warm-up worn military appreciation autographed jersey from last season, okay? When he had the A on his sweater, which he does not anymore. I digress. This prompted a lot of discourse. And, you know, usually Twitter, you, you've got the 50-50 split. But the response... The replies to this were a lot more critical of Wyshynski than I think he expected. And then he did what anybody in his position would do. Uh, it, instead of just saying, you know what, maybe this was a, a poor uh, a false parallel, he, he tried to double down and then run away from it. But our, our dear friend and colleague here, Anthony Sanfilippo, <laughs> decided to choose violence. So Anthony, go ahead and Let, let's we'll, we'll play this role i'll be Wyszynski, and you can then you be you go ahead oh i got you want me to read what i wrote i want Is you to I'm... read your reply we're gonna okay. go back and forth go ahead i said i said so uh wait so greg now to be known i know greg Wyszynski. he's around my age we've kind of grown up in in hockey together right okay. so i said i said to him, i said wait so greg what are you suggesting here support of the u.s military is a bad thing all military supporters are homophobic I'm happy to let you explain further because I would hope that my initial reaction is wrong and that this isn't just you sending out a bat signal of sorts. Wyszynski says that he gladly wore a pregame sweater that benefited Flyers charities in the past when it aligned with his belief system, which is exactly what I wrote. But I appreciate you attaching a bunch of your own nonsense to my tweet because I simply haven't received enough hate mail. By the way, the replies to that, you'll notice there are 67 of them. If you expand that tweet, <laughs> it's mostly people saying, you deserve every bit of hate mail you get because it was a bullshit premise. But anyway, I digress. We go back to Anthony well, for and, his, and, continued, and, his continued reading of his tweets. And, and, and I will. But before I continue reading it, I just want to say that Greg, if, if he would just choose to use less words, he'd be in a much better spot. Mm-hmm. Pre-game dress up, for example. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's incendiary in and of itself. But then he uses the word gladly wore a pregame sweater that's editorializing no one knows if he gladly wore it right but my response to that was it's not nonsense it's me asking for clarification i mean if your reasoning is what you say you could have chosen his stand up to cancer jersey to make the same case but instead you went with the military one why because you knew it would be far more in a far more incendiary tweet no, it's because someone texted me the image to underscore the point that I made, that Provorov had participated in pregame charity gimmicks before when he agreed with them. I like you, man, but you're straight up writing fiction here. Can I just say really quickly, in all of this, 
He has now called the military appreciation night thing dress up. And he's now referred to it as a gimmick. So first of all, on behalf of anybody who's ever had somebody serve in the military, fuck you, Wyshynski. It's a horrible thing to say. What the hell's wrong with you? You're like so, you're so busy trying to like that off. Right now? Like, because, yeah. Bundy, because it Seriously, needs to I don't, I don't even know who this fucking guy is. We're talking about him for five minutes. I got work to do and shit. Like, seriously, Anthony, good for you. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. We're talking about this. He's the hot, he's shit the, all the time. He's I'm tired the, of he is, He's the national hockey writer for ESPN. Oh, fuck. Well, like, think about how bad this is. Yeah, well, I'm saying, like, that's that's why this is so especially bad. So people can, they can follow up with this on Twitter as much as they want. But it, it's nonsense. Like, then he, he deflects and tries to run away saying that Twitter isn't journalism, yada, yada, yada. If you can't take the heat, then stay out of the kitchen. If you can't take the heat of somebody saying your premise and your tweet that you thought was going to get a ton of likes and a ton of support ended up being bullshit, either walk it back or stand firmly on it, but don't try to run away from it. And Anthony, like that was, that was a, a nice job by you. But Bundy, the reason that it's a big deal is because it's not like he's just some guy with 500 followers who, right. you know, submits a, a freelance blog post, you know, once every three months. Like this is, this is supposedly, right? a leading voice of the A package holder for the NHL's TV rights, right? Like mm. that, that, that's, I mean, imagine if Schefter, right? If Schefter did this, right? It's not, they're not the same role, but just imagine Schefter does something like that. Just imagine that, uh, I don't know. I, I actually could see Jeff. Well, Pat, I, uh, I just feel like we've been, we've been talking. I mean, I guess, right. It's just a lot. It's a lot of oxygen guys for, because we could do this with every reporter if we wanted. We could. Well, the, they're probably most thinking the same thing. And, yeah. and but the, I guess Bundy, the reason I get more fired up about it is because it makes my job harder. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I, mean, I know I, what you're saying. Yeah. I try to. I try to be. I try and do it the way it's supposed to be done, and be fair and honest at all times. Yeah. And when you have reporters who are willing to go this path, right? To, to fire people up on purpose yes. because they're they're because they're trying to get their agenda across it makes what i do that much harder people don't trust like if we put a if i put a sourced story out think about how many times people question it right mm -hmm. 15 20 years ago nobody questioned it. if i put a story out with sources like san filippo's got a great score great scoop now it's like oh we shouldn't trust him he's the member you, of the media you know you know what though anthony and russ any different I, I agree with you, and I know the guy, like, everyone's got their own agenda with stuff like this, and it becomes, it's it's one of these moments almost, it feels like reporters are just waiting for. They're like, oh, my God, yeah. we finally got this big polarizing story. Like, it's like they got, it's embarrassing because it's it's it, it's embarrassing on every front. But you know how, not, not why we're not talking about, how we could avoid talking about this? And I go back to it again. Put the fucking jersey on for 15 minutes. <laughs> Just put the jersey on for 15 minutes. You can still believe it. And if you still don't think you want people to know about it, your teammates still know about it. Yeah. Right? But just put the fucking jersey on and go out. We're not, we're not talking about this shit. All right, what's next? Or, Anything? Yeah, yeah, let's move. Russ, yeah. I mean, it'd be, to be fair, to be fair, and to, but I think Bundy's right at this point. Look, we spent 45 minutes talking about this topic, which is 45 minutes more than I ever wanted to talk about yeah. it. Okay? It was important that we did. It was important that we got this conversation out. It was important that we said what we said. But at this point, I think it's fair to just kind of move on to one more thing and then wrap this puppy up for the – Yeah, for let's the wrap it up. Go ahead, well, Russ. I think, 
though the one more thing that I wanted to oh, one more thing bring the, the one more thing not about that topic that I wanted to bring up about the Flyers oh is let's let's shift to hockey for a second here yeah as they win again last night get within that this actually goes with our five star review this weekend yeah so, t- so tie this together yeah it gets within a, Denny, gets within Denny a, Lemieux yeah. says five stars why are they winning great show but I have one question why does Chuck Fletcher still have a job so put those two things together Chuck Fletcher's still here and why is this team winning. Why do they keep winning, Anthony? Do they not understand this is a five-player draft? It is, it is not a one player and the rest are like all projects. There are five legitimate potential star players in this draft at the top. Yeah. Including one who's not going to be able to play in the NHL for what a year, two years, could have could have stowed him away Three. and had Three and had another bad year and another topic. Now they keep winning. And now they're yeah. what, ninth, tenth, well, tenth worst, tenth worst record it's, now? It's hard to it's so so and I wrote about that. And this is why I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to get Bundy to, to kind of weigh in. Um, you can never tell players to not compete. You can That's never true. tell players to to lose on purpose. That cannot happen. Um, and and it's important, I think, for Torts as a first year coach to establish a culture where yeah. losing is unacceptable. That is important, especially with a young team. You don't want them to fall into the malaise that the teams of the last two years fell into, where they it was just like, oh yeah, well we're going to lose. Uh, yeah. We're going to lose 10 in a row, seven in a row, six. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they didn't give a shit last year. They, they were going to lose, and that was it. Um, you don't want that, especially with a young team. He's building something for the future. So you can never ask those guys to do that. But what you can do is recognize that making a push for the playoffs does this team no good. It does it no good because even if they ma- even if they make this miraculous run, which I do not think they can stay on, I do not think that they can maintain this level of of consistently good play. Even though they're only five points out of a playoff spot right now, I don't see it being sustainable. But no. let's just say it. Let's just say they do. Okay, it the, the two problems that it creates is one. You're not getting rid of players that you need to get rid of at the deadline to accrue assets to get better in the future. And two, even if you get in, you're playing the frigging Boston Bruins in the first round and are going to get smacked. There is no prayer. And I don't care that Torts with his Columbus Blue Jackets a few years ago <clears throat> upset the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. You could say, oh, well, he could do it again. That is so rare that a team in that position can topple a team that's that good. This Flyers team cannot beat the Bruins in a seven-game series. I'm not even certain they can win one game. Usually usually in a seven-game series, you give them one, right? You say, okay, we can get one. This Boston team is the best team I've seen in hockey since the Detroit dynasty. That's how good they are, okay? That's 23 years, 20, 22, 23 years. The best team I've seen since then. There's no way this Flyers team competes with them. So why do yeah. it? What is so, so you have a bullshit? Oh, we made the playoffs. Woohoo! And yeah, then and, you get excited for two days, and that's it. You're out of the playoffs in five. Five yeah, days. And, and let me let me add to what you're saying, Anthony, very quick. Um uh, no player will ever does I wouldn't even know how to tank a game because right. I'd be more worried about getting hurt in the process. Like seriously, the only people who can tank a game would be a goalie. Uh, or a guy in a basketball game with free throws. Because yeah. even if you shoot a ball, you could still try to miss and get it around the rim. It'll still go in once right. in a while, right? So so I, I'm just saying, like, no no, no one's ever taken their foot off the pedal. And I totally agree with what Torts has done here. You can't come in with a half in, half glass full, you know, let's kind of play hard 
Uh, but we want to get that top pick. There's no way you can sell that to anybody because there's not one guy in the locker room that gives a shit about Connor Bedard at this point in their stage of their career or any other of the young talent coming. So you can't throw a game. You have to set a precedent of being a good coach. Listen, guys, we can go back to July and August. We talked about this. We said this is how it's going to go. Torts is going to overcoach a team that's not playoff caliber. He's going to elevate them either close to it, maybe in, maybe out, maybe a long way out, which I still think they will be 10-plus points out at the end of the year. Maybe that's just my guess as I say it on the spot right now. But the team cannot win a Stanley Cup. And I understand the ire and the frustration of the fans are saying, geez, why couldn't we be all the way bad like Chicago or Anaheim? Anaheim, by the way, I, stick, I think I said it three weeks ago, the worst fucking team I've seen since the 92-93 Ottawa Senators. They are an abomination. They shouldn't even be allowed to play in the league anymore, to Poor be honest coach. with you. They should Poor call up coach. an American League team and supplant them. They are so hideously bad that I cannot believe that's, – that's one of the problems. Like, oh, the league's so great. No, it's not. You got 32 fucking teams. And everyone's telling me they're much better players. Sorry. Watch Anaheim. Watch Chicago coming in here tomorrow night. It's a disaster. So – I understand. If you're going to be bad, be bad all the way. But at the same time, with a coach like this coming in here and an attitude that he's trying to change the future, uh, the way things are, trying to build the brand back up, you, you can't even talk like that. You can't whisper it. And you cannot, certainly not ever put that kind of product on the ice that looks like it's going to be a loser night after night like the Anaheim Ducks. And this is the same conversation we had. Time after time after time after time from last trade deadline through the offseason. And Bundy, you said this once before. We laid out the roadmap, right? We, we told yeah. you exactly what was going to happen, how the first 20 games of the season were going to go, how this was going to go. How that was this is the absolute worst case scenario. And we lined this shit up. And last year, guys, when we talked about it before the trade deadline, we talked through about it through last season and through the offseason. We, we were at diametric odds, and you and I. I said, tear this shit down. You said... You're a few moves away. You can then, and it's funny because, you know, you point out the anomaly of, of the Columbus thing. And I always say, you like to go to the anomaly of like what happened with the Blues turning things around and, and winning the Stanley Cup. But they, it still stands. And Bundy was kind of in the middle, more on my side, but like, you know, we were, we were around there. The Flyers had to pick one of two paths. And instead they ran into a brick wall because Chuck Fletcher was in self-preservation mode this offseason. And this organization chose to get the coach who raised their floor too high. And it has played out. And again, for the 40th time, can somebody please pull away the old guys whispering sweet nothings into Dave Scott's ear and explain to this man what has happened and what will continue to happen? Because Ant, as you so wonderfully put it in, in your post a few days ago, this team is about to go to the same place that they have been for the better part of a decade. And that, my friends, is as I've compared it many times before, that Allen Iverson, Claude Giroux, middle of nothing. You're a bubble team. You're in, you're out. You don't get any better. You don't get top-end talent. And you sure as shit don't have a chance of winning the championship. This is where we are, guys. Yeah. But at least some of the young players are looking better. And we'll talk yeah. about it next week. Yeah. No, the, I mean, it's just where it's at. I mean, you had to make a decision. Yes, we were at opposite sides. But the Flyers didn't do either one of those sides. They took a, a path down the middle that was not there. It's a big and, wall. And ended up where and ended up being right back. And that's why I wrote the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and again, expecting a different result. And that's what they that's kind of where they're at. And it's it's terrible. It's terrible. Now they can they can improve this the the situation 
and that's be the final thing I say. They can improve the situation if your if your perspective is more like Russ's and you want to try and get that higher pick and 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 have a shot at climbing up the lottery. Um, if they decide to part ways with you know four or five players that are currently in their lineup um, that are being productive. Uh, in their lineup, not, not TK, obviously, but like if you can find, if you can, if you're willing to spend a little bit of money or, you know, eat some salary uh, to move Kevin Hayes, if you move a Provorov, if you, if you move JVR's contract, you know, you probably get, even if you get like a sixth round pick for Justin Brown, whatever. I mean, like if you start getting rid of players and have to replace them with AHL players for 25 to 30 games, then yes, you can lose enough. That's the one way you tank, right? Yeah. Guys are going to try. They're going to try hard. They're going to play hard, but they're just not talented enough, and that's how you lose. And so, therefore, you can start sliding back down. But I think they're at this point, I think they're too far ahead of the worst teams to really get into the best spot for the lottery or best yeah. one of the best spots for the lottery. I think they can only get down to maybe five or six at yeah, this as, juncture. As- as of recording, they have 45 points on the season. They're averaging a point per game. That is the ninth worst uh, rate in hockey. They've won eight of their last 10 games. They have a 5% chance at getting the number one overall pick. They are within a potential losing streak away from getting down to like seven. Montreal has 41 points, as does Ottawa. Vancouver's got 39, San Jose 35, but like I feel like that 35 point threshold, that's a 10 point swing. San Jose's not going to make that up. Yeah, no, no, you I, know, like San, San Jose's I, yeah. not going to go on a wing street, nor is Arizona, nor is Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus. It, it, it is maddening. I do want to talk about this more next week, and I know we got to go. And, you know, you kind of dismissed the idea of trading Konechny. I've seen that discourse online. I, I do think that next week it's worth a, a conversation. You know, we talk about players that the team might want to move on from, but Sometimes the best moves are the ones that you really have to fight over. They're, they're the ones that, that do hurt to make. You hurt in the short term for the potential upside of the long term. I want to get into that next week. But, uh, guys, we've done an hour here. We talked, uh, we talked about a, a, big, a big story. Uh, next week we'll get it back to you know, the on-ice product. But we had to do this. And uh, thanks, everybody, who listened. Thanks, everybody, who watched. Remember, we're available on all podcast platforms, now including Pandora. So if for some reason you listen to podcasts on Pandora, we're there as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. I think I said Spotify that. And then you can go over to Crossing Broad's YouTube channel to watch the episode. All of those links are in the description of this episode. So make sure you follow Ant on Twitter at AntSanPhilly, Bundy at Cetarian6. I'm on Twitter at JoyOnBroad. The show is at SnowTheGoalie on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. And remember, I think this is in the description. I'll make sure it is. We have that Flyers Twitter community, the Snow the Goalie Twitter community. It's got, I don't know, 350 members strong. A lot of good conversation going on in there during games. So feel free to uh, click that link and request to join. We'll, we'll add you in there. So for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. Let's hope next week brings us some good Flyers conversation on the ice. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie.